What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Real Estate Rundown. I am Elliot, joined with Jason and Kayla today, but we are missing one of them. One of oh, us. Keith. <laughs> Where are you at, bro? This is like three out of four of the last ones you've been gone. Yeah, I He's know. He's got a new, newborn. He does. He's got, those dad, he's got some dad obligations. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Well, Con- hey. Convenient, bro. I'm glad to be with you yes, guys sure. here today. And we got a lot to talk about. Bitcoin's on a tear. Yep. Well, it was, it was up and then it's down a little bit. And how does that play into housing? We're going to talk a little bit about the homes.com ad spend. Billion dollars. It's the largest ad spend ever dedicated to real estate. Well, something big just happened, right? A couple days ago. American holiday, as most people refer to it as. Are we talking about the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah, this this little event called the Super Bowl. Yeah, 200 200 million people. Actually, it was a record this year. So this is the most watched televised event in history. Ever? Ever. It it broke. I think it was Taylor Swift. It was the Swifties. Yeah. (laughs) I I watched a little... um, a little meme where Roger Goodell was talking to Taylor Swift and, uh. and, and, and it said like, you know, it was, it was like someone saying like, Hey, yeah, yeah. If, if you know, if it doesn't, it doesn't go well with you and Travis Kelsey, there's, there's plenty of other bachelors in the NFL <laughs> that we, that would love, <laughs> love to hook you up with. <laughs> That's well, funny. I, I saw a thing where I, where it's actually, I think, I don't know how you'd quantify this, but she's basically more famous by herself than the entire NFL. Oh, wow. I mean, I wouldn't put it past her. I think she's like the most famous person. They showed her like probably, I would guess, thirty to forty times. Oh, did they really? I didn't. Oh yeah. I didn't realize it was that much. Before and after, like like they showed her like in the suite, you know, like walking in and getting off a plane and all this. (laughs) It's just. (laughs) I remember when she came in from her concert on the on game day. Taylor Swift lands at LAX, and I'm just like, oh my gosh! I didn't think she was Carly that popular. I didn't realize that she was that popular. No, I, I I think she is literally the most famous person on the planet, especially wow. for. I thought for Michael Jackson was oh, wait, females. Not Michael anymore. Jackson's not <laughs> been with us forever. Well, it was Tiger Woods for a long time too. That dude was Tiger mad Woods, famous. Huh? So about the Super Bowl, uh, what about that Homes.com? Ad kickoff. <laughs> uh, I thought it was pretty lame. You know, so what? Yeah, I you didn't lame. like them. No. I, yeah, the, yeah, the big the big uh, champagne. If thing I had spent millions of dollars for, for that, I'd be like, eh. I mean, they had some good celebrities, and um, I guess. Well, and the whole like, I, I didn't get it. Like, because I mean, I, I will say as we were, you know, kind of preparing for right now, we watched that little preamble commercial where they're up in the the sky rise and they figure out the, their slogan, the do your, you know, doing your homework, right? Well, the, the, the janitor figured it yeah, out. Exactly. Right? The janitor. And then when they, and then when he walks in and does the takeover, like, but there's no, for, no context for me on that too. Like, why is he taking over homes.com? We all know it's Andy Florence who's sitting in the boardroom, but that's what I was just like. Was he actually in the boardroom? Yes. Andy Florence. Yeah. yeah. Was in, he was in the, the actual, commercial? Yeah. yeah in the was. commercial. Oh, I didn't see that. That's what I just said. He had his, he yes. had his, uh, our oh. buddy, uh, How did I miss that? <laughs> I had no idea. I thought he was just a just a regular corporate guy that was no. Well, probably because he looks like a regular he looks corporate like a regular guy, guy. Yeah. and uh, he looks like your average billionaire. Well, the, he so literally takes down Andy Florence's <laughs> picture and then oh, put up his picture. That was Andy Florence's yeah. picture. Okay, I was it? So. Was I, I'm not sure. I don't on that. know I, if I that was so. the case, um, but yeah. But oh, anyway. Okay. Uh, yeah, so he was definitely, I don't think it was the picture of Andy Florence, actually. Uh, we'll have to watch it again. Because uh, like Andy Florence is sitting on the side, and there's like three other dudes over here, and anyway, but... He bought a helicopter. Yeah. They're like all these, you know, the old conservative guys being like, he's coming in, spending all kinds of money. 
So I think for me, what what worked is I thought they did a good job of driving home that they're going to get more local information. And so like that's yeah. one of the things like you you know, you look at these big sites like Zillow and, and Redfin and Realtor and that hyper-local information, because what do we know? Like, all real estate is hyper-local. Absolutely. And so Homes.com is really making a play at come here, and you will find out the deets of your neighborhood, not just, like, market data, but, like, what's going on in the community. So that, uh, that worked for really me. Do people give a crap about that until they actually see the house, see houses that they like? I think they do. I think that there's a lot of people that search based on community, and then from community they search for a home. Hmm. Yes. Well, and I think, I mean, obviously something we might know a little bit about the creating a tool that is intuitive for what you own, but then also potentially, you know, the portal wars is, is, is a real thing. And so if you can get those eyeballs of where people are, you know, potentially looking, but then also a tool that they come back to, to, to have the insight on their existing assets, I think is, it carries a lot of power. Well, it just goes to show they're spending a billion dollars that, uh, there's a lot of money in real estate. (laughs) There's a ton of money in real estate, and it's, I think, for all you realtors out there, it is way easier to draft off demand than create demand. So how can you take advantage of Homes.com spending a billion dollars in the marketplace and siphon off some of that attention for yourself? Uh, Jason and I were talking about this the other day, and I'm personally of the sentiment that you're not going to keep a consumer off of the big sites. What do you guys think? Uh, It's impossible. Literally impossible. What do you think, Jay? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, I, you know, when when I worked with some buyers, I mean, they sent me Zillow and Absolutely. Redfin ads and, or, you know, obviously, you know, I always try to tell them like, hey, n- not not everything's available on those sites because they don't have the, 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 the uh, quick, the yeah, quick the and dirty updates. stuff. Updates. Yeah. Although I will say it's or a lot, a of lot them, better. Well, a lot of them. A uh, lot better. The ad, I, way better. The, the trick where agents can put it as active with contingencies, and it still shows up as active. That is, and yeah, so that's a thing. What what happens is the people see these properties and then they they send them to you and they're like, "Why didn't I get this one?" Well, because it's really pending, but yeah, it's, it's just not, it's, it's active it's with under contingencies, and, you know. So, um, yeah, that's why I always tell them, you know, don't don't look at those because it'll screw you up. But though, when I put my my home buyer hat on, oh yeah, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm at Redfin and exactly. Zillow. It's it, well, and not only that, like I think that Zillow, like some of the trends that it can give in a property. I, I mean, I, I, all of them are that way, and I, I think a lot of the IDXs are are decent. Yeah. But when you look at some of the projections, the schools, the different ratings, and in little particulars, that if you're going to get granular on a property, Redfin, Zillow, Homes.com, they all ha- possess some data that your IDXs don't. I think one of the better, the most underrated ones is Movoto. And that's, that's pretty, it's pretty hot, yep. hot, you know, platform. It looks pretty cool. It does look cool. So, hey. I, I do love that one, especially one of the things I like that they did that doesn't exist is that little, um, is basically like the virtual walkthrough of the property, how you can upload the photos and it kind of gives that experience. Pretty cool. Did you guys hear that Zillow launched an integration with the Apple Vision Pro? <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard it from you yesterday, <laughs> and I absolutely knew that, that something like that was coming around the corner. So it's like every step of the way technology is looking to disrupt the agent. But Thousand Watt just did some research, and what they found is that half of all Americans know six or more Realtor. realtors personally. Wow. 20% said... Half? 
Yeah, was, uh, half okay. of all of Americans. Whew. Yeah, 150 million people. 175 Crazy. Million people. 20% know at least 11. Wow, 20%? Yeah. Oh my gosh. They know I mean, at least would, 11 ser- realtors. How crazy is that? I wonder what it's like in markets wow. like California, Phoenix, Florida. I mean, I realize it's the state of California. We've talked about Phoenix, this before. Yeah. You can throw a stone and hit a realtor. Oh, absolutely. And maybe it bounces and hits another one. <laughs> 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 like there are a lot of us. Um, so it's difficult to disrupt this many, right? Uh, it, it is. And I think that that's where... You know, it's just, it wouldn't, to me, it's an opportunity of to have that. So many agents, they are looking for these differentiators, right? Because so many times it's, hey, I know five realtors, right? When you actually think about that, half of America, that actually spins my mind up for a second where they know six. I mean, you got, that means you're competing against five people at a minimum every time you go talk to somebody about buying or selling. It's pretty, it's pretty insane. How many though, like you may know six, but would you want them to know your intimate financial details? I think that that can play a part in it. I mean, I know that when Jason and I were selling hot and heavy, we worked with many people that chose us because we didn't know their sphere. We didn't know their people and they felt that that, like having, yeah, like having that separation was beneficial for them. So-and-so's brother's an agent, but we just don't really want to use them because, you know, it's just too much intimate knowledge. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Or like if something goes wrong, they didn't want it to like. It's true. Well, and, and for me, it was the, it also worked as the other way too. Like they knew them personally and that wasn't exactly, even though they were friends with them, that wasn't the type of business. They didn't possess the business acumen because they, that they wanted because of, they were assessing them on their other behaviors. Mm. So when you can show that you can get the job done in a time that makes sense and in a fashion that makes sense for them and their family. A lot of times we got the job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So NAR's recent membership report came out, and it looks like we are losing agents. So in 2023, we lost uh, 32,221 realtors from NAR. And hey, 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 goodbye. (laughs) So membership came down a little bit. Uh, But Lawrence Yen, the chief economist for NAR, pointed out that during the great financial crisis, almost 400,000 realtors washed out. So, you know, 32,000 is like a nothing burger compared to between 2008 and 2012 when 400,000 exited. It was a coaching session that I had done, I don't know, probably 18 months ago. And I, and I ran the numbers on what you were talking about, where there was basically like 400,000 agents that, that, that had fallen off. And the crazy thing was, is when you did the math on the amount of transactions per the agent, it actually almost washed out to be very, very similar. So, I mean, to me, that's where I think that last year, I think might may have been that microcosm, right? Because we lost... I mean, if you're taking the, the total annual numbers where we had 6 million transactions, roughly 6 million transactions in 22, and it fell all the way to 4 million transactions in 23, that's a 33% hit in overall home sales. So that's pretty, I mean, which is pretty substantial. I know not every market was hit that way. Like I think here in the Phoenix Metro, we were only hit like 8% or 10, I don't remember what the I don't remember. Number. It was, it was it substantial. substantial. Yeah. Yeah, it Def- was pretty substantial. Definitely substantial. But my point is, is, it, you know, there are so many agents, I think, that, that they get caught up in a lot of this freak out mode and, and certain things. And when the math actually 
levels out, it ends up being okay. So, okay, here's the thing. Um, We know (coughs) that last year, home sales were at a 28-year low. And Bill... 1995, right? uh, That was the year it was the lowest. Yes, 1995, yes. And what what's also interesting is we everyone's kind of projecting that this year is going to be better. Mm-hmm. However, there's some uh, recent analysis from Bill McBride with the Calculated Risk blog, and he went through and analyzed all of the active listings, all of the um, the new listings, and he went back, you know, th- through the Januarys of decades past, and based on the data, he's actually saying that worse. this year. Could be, worse. could be a decrease, yeah. Ooh. So we could see less home sales this year, resale home sales. I think um, you might be right, because because uh-huh. um, I mean, man, you just think the the presidential year usually the rates drop, but we had some we had some hot inflation that came in today. Yep, and like people are saying, like maybe there's not going to be as many rate cuts this year as they thought. As mm-hmm. they thought, they they thought six, and now it's like five and people are pointing towards four and then three and some people are saying we may not get any rate cuts this year well i wonder if they're gonna do something to bond market because i mean again history i feel like does repeat itself but what would they do with the bond i don't know infuse money in it like they did before where where they they basically lower the lower the bonds and make it more advantageous for everybody to come in and buy them but that would be cutting rates yeah that's 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 what cut rates that's what cutting rates does yeah, I don't, um, and and that's and they're 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 scared. I'm really is what's going on. They're scared because it's they're, you know, if 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 they 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 drop rates, people are gonna start buying homes, and then and then it's gonna make the economy start to take off again. Not mm-hmm. only buying, but refining. You know, you yeah. look at consumer debt and how it's like teetering at the top. And what we know is if people can get a better rate, I mean, they're already refining. When mm-hmm. rates came down, mm-hmm. even into the, like the mid sixes, oh, yeah. we saw like a little bit of a refi surge. Boom, yeah. I mean, it's not a lot, but historically from when rates were high, it was. So that's going to be interesting. And you got the commercial the commercial bubble possibly bubbling up, maybe. That's the one. Uh, that's actually the thing that makes me nervous is the, the commercial bubble because the calamity of that could hit pretty wide. Okay, so what what happens? Let's like let's like talk through that. What happens if uh, if all of these small businesses and and medium and mid and large businesses default on their commercial assets? What happens? Well, for example, let's just bank say runs? bank banks die. That's yeah. that's my that's biggest concern is bank runs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if you have other then, banks that are in the similar position that Silicon Valley Bank was in, oh man. where they bought all those T bills at yep. what like insanely low, it was in it was just crazy, yep. and they were largely divested in in that. I don't know. So what happens though? Yeah, I mean, I think even like you said before, where it's on you know real estate happens on on the 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 local level like even if i just look at it from like a mom and pop business the the rate you know their their lease space goes up to a place that they can't afford they have to potentially vacate and now there's this mass and i'm just using this in a microcosm uh, there's a mass exodus based on that for you know whether it be a center a city etc a lot of that stuff can can roll downhill in a lot of ways. I mean, you're talking potential job loss. I mean, the largest employer in America outside of the U.S. government, or no, small business is the largest employer. Um, so again, I mean, if that gets massively hit, you're talking about 
you know, jobs, not like they're not going to be able to go somewhere else, but I mean, cost of operation is, is a real thing. And if the cost of operation exceeds their revenue, well, they're in the Delta and they in trouble. So what I've been hearing is that, you know, yes, it's a, it's an election year. Rates should come down, which should spur some mm -hmm. market activity. However, because it's likely to be a very hotly debated presidential election, that can cause a lot of uncertainty and overwhelm. And when people feel uncertain and when they feel overwhelmed, they they're, they're yep. likely sit to not do anything. Yes, not I totally do remember that in 2016. I know it happened somewhat in 2020, but 2016, because I was still, you know, selling, you know, uh, you know on the day in and day out yep. then. And having so many people saying, yeah, I'm interested, but well, I'm not doing anything the until the election. Mm -hmm. Yep. You're like, why? Like, what, what What's the election going to do? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it does in, impact people's lives. And so that's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. But, hey, I think what we're all looking at is the rise of Bitcoin. Mm. And it just surged yesterday. It hit over 50 for the first time since, what, 2021? Yeah. Well, a long time. And, uh, yeah, it went over 50, came down a little bit today because of the hot inflation. But, um, yeah, Bye. there's a... That means that's, 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 you're going to, yeah, you're not going to get the big dip anymore. Probably you're going to get only these little, these little coffee cup dips, right? That's what mm -hmm. they call it. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, the, you know, these big uh, ETFs are buying up Bitcoin on the daily. We got um, the halving happening in the next 60 days. So that's coming up. So that means there's going to be less less uh, supply and more demand, and it's causing uh, it to, to continue to go up. And uh, a lot of people are saying that it could hit 100k, 100k by the end of the year, which you know definitely could. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Did you guys see Jack Dorsey was at the Super Bowl and he had a shirt on that said Satoshi, and it yeah, was I like in their Nirvana <laughs> font <laughs> with no, like the I didn't see that. Nirvana. That's cool, yeah, <laughs> that just made me think of that with. Um, talking about Bitcoin. How can you not think of him when you, Satoshi, not Jack. But anyway, uh, how can we leverage Bitcoin to buy houses? How can we? <laughs> Are you asking so, me? So, no, you, so, so there's, this, that was there's this little company called Milo. which M Milo, I, how do you spell Milo, it? Milo, M-I-L-O. Okay. And they will allow you to, um, what is it called? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Use collateralize, your, collateralize. Yeah, collateralize your Bitcoin okay. to get a loan for a house. So basically, you want to buy a five hundred thousand dollars house, and you possibly you may have five hundred thousand dollars in Bitcoin, but you don't want to sell your Bitcoin because Bitcoin's going to a million, right? Mm -hmm. That's what they say. So you're like, oh shoot, you know, I want to buy this house. Maybe I don't, you know, I I can't get can't get approved, but I have this Bitcoin. So what they'll do is they'll take custody of your Bitcoin, collateralize it give you the $500,000 to buy the property. Now you have a loan and you have to pay off the loan. You have a monthly payment and, um, and that Bitcoin is still, you know, still yours. So maybe that Bitcoin rises to that hundred thousand dollars at the end of the year. And it's worth, you know, a million dollars by the time, um, you know, in, in a couple of years you could say, all right, well now I want to, you know, I'm going to liquidate half my Bitcoin, pay off my loan. Now I have, and then, and then they give you your Bitcoin back. So, so Which is awesome. There's some opportunity there. If you believe Bitcoin is going to the moon and it's and it's going to continue going up, um, which a lot of people do, it's not. It's you know, it's definitely something you can do to to um, purchase some real estate. Well, how cool is that that you can technically get a loan and still have an appreciating asset mm -hmm. and you're monetizing off of it? I mean, you can't go get a loan 
and make money on two, your loan. Two appreciating right. assets. You got you your, your house, you got and, your house your and your Bitcoin. Right. Right. All Whereas working. All working to. How come they don't allow you to, to leverage your 401k in that regard? You would sure as heck think so. I think they do, but only for investment properties. I think it's... Okay, okay, you can. Um, yeah, there's something you can do with uh, your 401k. Or yeah, you can you can collateralize... IRA or something your, like that. Your, yeah. Yeah, I know, yes. Yeah, there's a way you can do it. Got it, got it. Okay, so very cool. Uh, you know, I had posted an, an Instagram reel on, on Bitcoin, <coughs> and... Someone had commented and said that basically Bitcoin was was like a white privilege asset. <laughs> really? Yeah. And, you know, he made a good point. I mean, it sounds funny. It, it sounds silly when you first think of it. And I wish I could find the comment like quickly and and I, I can't. But yeah, I don't remember Greg uh, being on Robin Hood buying Bitcoin and it's saying that. Are you white? I know. No, I no, was no, going to no. say it's no. not like it. The, the reasoning, because I asked, like, help me understand, like, where you're coming from oh, okay. with that, right? And so I dug deeper into the comment. And what I uncovered is that, you know, there's a barrier of entry to buying Bitcoin. And the barrier of entry is likely higher. And it's likely going to favor more educated white men. Well, but is that... With all due respect, they have access to Google. They have access there as long as their fingers yeah, work and they can read and watch YouTube and pay attention to chart or graphs as you know and charts as, as Jay talks about. And I mean I guess that's I mean that's obviously not this, but well, it is on some aspects. But just what I'm getting at is they they have the opportunity to educate themselves the same way. It's not like the knowledge is being pumped or downloaded for free actually it's quite the opposite it's actually i think it's i think it's actually the you know usually what happens with these assets that that explode in value is wall street gets them they Mm. they start buying and they get in first Mm -hmm. and then retail investors start to buy them this is the opposite when bitcoin came came about retail investors are the ones who bought that up and started buying it and buying it and buying it and now the etfs are are coming in when it's at 40, I mean, it was at $48,000 when they got, they got approved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't say that's a white privilege because I mean, you got, you got a Jamie diamond that says, yeah, he was, know, Oh, B- Bitcoin's trash and blah, blah, blah. But then they're the ones that are, that are, you know, doing the, the Bitcoin ETF for, for, for black rock, say, so. Well, isn't it, that funny how he's, uh, he was that way for, for years. And then I guess what, it's been probably like the last six months he's completely changed his tune. No, he hasn't changed his tune. No, oh, I, th- I thought I thought he was publicly. Uh, no, he's, he publicly he, changed his team. He, no? he says no. He doesn't believe Bitcoin's anything. He 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 actually recently just said that um, he thinks the government should shut it down. And in a but in why a, why is it why are they like buying it up in the background then? Well, because what he says doesn't mean that he. Yeah. What, he, what, what he is that? What believes. he actually believes? Yeah. Yeah. So. It's an interesting thought. Uh, so for the the average homeowner that, you know, is accumulating a little bit of Bitcoin, maybe a little bit of wealth, <clears throat> how can they leverage that Bitcoin to also buy a home? How can you leverage to Bitcoin to buy a house? Um, buy Bitcoin. Same way. Same way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, a simple, I mean, if, if you did it, Right. I mean, you could use you could cash out 401k or an investment strategy buy Bitcoin. If it goes on this run that we're talking about, you get a return. You could cash out that return to help put it down on a down payment and all. I mean, if you want to get really risky, if you're sitting on a boatload of equity, you could always refi your house, pull that cash out. I mean, maybe you don't want to do it with today's cost, but 
right? You could do those things to, if you can create liquid cash and you're doing it through the asset, it works both ways. If you have the asset from, from, you know, the stock market or, or an ETF, whatever that, that gives you the cash, you could put that in real estate. If real estate's making you the cash, then you can cash that out because now that's the asset and then you buy it the other way. It works both ways. So the other day during one of our team meetings, one of our um, property analysts, Tushar, who's really into investing, he had asked a question to everybody, like, how do you decide how to invest your, your assets either into, you know, real estate or into like equities? And it was interesting to kind of roundtable that and mm-hmm. hear, hear what everybody thought. But definitely diversification is good. Sell everything by Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you've been all in on it. You and Keith yeah. are so in all in. I'm like, well, it's we're not all in on it, but no, we're all not in. all in I don't at all. all, all but in, but yeah, I think about uh, about thirty percent of my portfolio is in Bitcoin. So, well, but so which is pretty, just pretty high. Yeah, but there, but there, are, I, I follow a lot of people that that a hundred percent is is all in Bitcoin. So. That's a little scary. That is. I mean, especially because I think that there's I mean, a lot of plays with with different coins, right? Like, I mean, I, to me, I mean, Ethereum, yeah, no, Ethereum no, is obviously starting to make it. But if Bitcoin goes down, everything else goes is going to go yeah. down. So yeah. the, Bitcoin's the, the only one that's... that's It's the trendsetter. No, it's the one that's available. The, the one that the government says, yeah, you can you can have it. I see what you mean. Um, and now there's still people think that, you know, the government could come in and say, hey, we're taking all your Bitcoin or can shut down the ETS and take all the Bitcoin. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. But I think as other countries turn to Bitcoin over their own currency, we're going to see a rise in yeah, its you got value. El Salvador. El Salvador is all Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. You go to El Salvador, you got you to have Bitcoin to, to buy stuff. That's pretty wild. It's yeah. very wild. We got, yeah. uh, was it Argentina that that uh, is is very bullish on Bitcoin? Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things changing. You know, that's actually a, a really unique thought, right? Like when you go back way in times and you had like shekels and, you know, like, <laughs> like clay, you know, currency exchange, right? Like the whole money, like I've, I've lightly looked into, into it through, through time. And this could be one of those times, right? Like where, I mean, let's face it. I mean, paper, the, the American dollar obviously is, you know, it sets the benchmark for, for so many things. Uh, worldwide but it's also uh, like the actual tangible money is is a is a bit of a is a dying thing yeah you can't go to a bank and go you had you had a you have a million dollars in a bank yeah you're not gonna walk into the bank and be like hey i need a hundred thousand dollars it'll be like oh what do you mean you need a hundred thousand dollars like uh, in cash. they don't even they don't even have it you uh, have to yeah. special it, order it may take cash. a week yeah. or two to get get a hundred thousand yeah. dollars i got a million dollars in the bank give me a hundred thousand dollars well, yep. you're gonna we're gonna have to talk to our manager here. Hold on a second. No. But if you're a Lil Wayne in the Homes.com commercial, you're gonna show the class yeah. what it looks or, like. Or or if you're or, or if you're <laughs> Flo- if you're Floyd Mayweather, you just keep the cash in the the in the safe. Oh dear. I, I think he keeps like I don't know something obnoxious, five million dollars plus cash so in his house. Stupid. Think, Let's wow. keep a depreciating asset in our house. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> mattress. Well, yeah. I guess there's many depreciating assets in my house. So oh, well, uh, absolutely. <laughs> Every, everything but your house yeah. is depreciating <laughs> flat out. Everything uh, other than us, we are appreciating. That's right? We are like fine wine. That is for sure. <laughs> All right. What I got in um, some advice today is actually kind of just just peeling it back a little bit. I think that like what we're talking about today with the election, uh, the lawsuits, um, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that, right? There's, sometimes you just need to 
clear out that noise. And so what I want to give to you in that is really what you will focus on will absolutely expand. And so giving you a bit of a nugget, like if you need to land a deal right now, sometimes it comes down to what is the action that you're taking that is going to work best for you. Number one, you need to find something that you're actually going to do in a consistent manner. So that could be posting on social media, making videos, that could be making phone calls, that could be creating an, an email that you're going to send out. But what I really want to encourage everybody to do is to get consistent in that particular action. And again, what you're going to double down and focus on is exactly what's going to come through for you and be clear on those particular lead sources, right? So you can always work smarter. Like, for example, one of the things that Kayla had uncovered is in 2023, uh, 50 2 percent 52 50 something percent of all transactions that happened in 2023 tied back to the baby boomer generation so work smart double down be effective and be consistent that's always the biggest thing right so stop looking for the magic pill and get to work consistency is the biggest underrated the most underrated yeah. quality yeah yeah mm -hmm. yep. it's like people today it's, people are just like uh, it's it doesn't happen now Everybody was not going to happen. I can't do it. Then. Yeah, they, well, they all. I mean, for lack of better terms, they all want to take the magic pill. Yep. Well, we live in an Amazon Prime we society. Do. We you, do. you get it now. All right. So viral vibes. What's going viral? Valentine's Day <laughs> and sadly, the singles tax when you're renting a home. So Zillow uncovered that the singles tax or the cost to own a home if you're single is now a premium of seventy one hundred dollars in the U.S. So that is how much more you're going to spend to live alone than if you were to partner up and have a roommate. Kind of sad, but the cost of living has increased and so have rents. Hmm. I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, you go to a, you go on a cruise, single, you pay more, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does make sense, but it keeps increasing. And so that was uh, on average, obviously yeah. in in places like New York City, it can be as much as $40,000. I know, um, but for a tax? I mean, I'll like have Colby post it in the video. There's so a little pays, graphic pays that shows. cohabitate. Cohabitate. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Oddly. Do you have a market minute for us, Jay? Oh, mine was the... Uh, the Bitcoin. The Milo. 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 Check out Milo. Uh, you have Bitcoin. You can get a loan. Yeah, it's a, the interest rates are a little bit high, um, but I'm hearing that there's going to be more more um, companies coming into this um, as as Bitcoin is more, uh, I don't know what the word is, um, available and people trust it more. Uh, I think there's going to be more mortgage companies that are doing this. So it's going to be cool. Yeah, and the only thing too, I want to like put an exclamation point on what we were talking about before on that too, is like do yourself a favor. You absolutely are smart enough. You can absolutely do the research. You can absolutely check out the videos, learn those little things and, you know, be smart about it. Start off necessary. You don't have to like throw a bunch of money in right away where you No, a lot of broke. people think that, you know, oh, you got Oh, Bitcoin's 48,000 or $50,000. No. You don't have to buy a Bitcoin, a one Bitcoin. You could, you could buy a Satoshi. Yeah. Which is <laughs> a, a percentage, a very small percentage of a, of a Bitcoin. And it's going to be like a dollar to you, you know, so. if you really want some good late night entertainment. So last night I finished like washing my face, brushing my teeth, got my jammies on, like hopped into bed, cozied up to Jason and he's on his phone and he's got his AirPods in and I'm like, you know, trying to get some attention. And he like, he goes, I'm watching Bitcoin after dark. 
And I'm like, what the heck is Bitcoin after dark? So he takes out his AirPods and like plays it for me. And it's some dude that's like live streaming the chart of Bitcoin going right. down well, and up. The, and he's like, 49, yeah, 50, he's like, 49, he's like, hey, well, that's 50. what I'm saying. I'm gonna watch like right, late night <laughs> DJ voice talking to Bitcoin on the chart, wow. trying to get it to top 50. Some it elevator was, music in the background. It was pretty yeah. hilarious. So, hey, you Bitcoin always have dark. You always have that. Yeah. All right. I'll leave you with that today. And if you want to learn more about Bitcoin, follow a guy named Michael Saylor. Um, there's a, some good good information on him, and he'll talk to you about Bitcoin. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks. Yeah.